Now are you ready? Yeah. Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? What about romantic comedy? There are no guarantees in love, Nick. Isn't this what this is all about? <laughs> Isn't that what this is all about? Was that the right one? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello. Hello. I'm here with Sarah. And I'm here with Justin. And this is RomanaComedyCommentary.com, or as Sarah likes to call it. RomComCom.com. I almost forgot how we do it. Yes. And (laughs) this week, we are going to be talking about a Netflix original that just came out. Just came out. Called Love Guaranteed. a week ago. Oh, it's that new? Less than a week ago. Okay, so called, oh, initial release September 3rd. A week, 3rd, ago. A week ago. Yeah, a week ago. Yeah. Called Love Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It, uh, uh, I believe you you found out about it through friend of the show, Carrie. Carrie Winfrey, but also Laura told oh, us to. So several watch friends it. of the show yeah. recommended this as being a good mm-hmm. one to watch. Laura said it first, and then Carrie had it on her Instagram as her underrated rom-com Wednesday selection. I mean, I I'm going to be real honest with you. It's not it's not getting like great reviews. No. Even the trustworthy Google users that like it is a 75, which oh. very well may be the lowest Google user rating we've seen. Maybe because it's so new. I I don't think that's the reason. To be perfectly honest, I do. <laughs> okay. Google users are notoriously friendly after a few years. <laughs> All right. Well. For someone that maybe hasn't seen this because it's so new, do you want to give a postage stamp idea of what this movie is? Yes. So Rachel Lee Cook is a lawyer in Seattle who apparently works pro bono a lot, which seems really stupid, and <laughs> runs into Damon Waynes, a.k.a. Nick. I don't even remember her name. Uh, Susan. Susan Whitaker and Nick Evans. It is Susan Whitaker. Yeah. And at a coffee shop, he starts walking with her because they're walking the same way, walk into the same law firm. She realizes he's her new client. He wants to sue a match.com-like company called Love Guaranteed because he's gone on almost a thousand dates and hasn't found love. She thinks that he is heartless and out to grab money. Um, and so she starts following him to get more information about his dates and get more information on the case, but she needs the money. So she takes the case uh, and then she finds out that he's actually a very nice physical therapist who seems to have an endless amount of money. And then they kind of start falling for each other, but they're working on this case together. And the people, the person who owns love guaranteed is like a Gwyneth Paltrow type played by Heather Graham. And, they won't settle because she's always fighting for the little guy or something and end up getting ready to go to court. She follows him around to more dates. They start hanging out and talking. She lives in a double right next to her sister who's pregnant and her husband and son. Uh, and he ends up coming over and then her sister has the baby and then they decide they kind of really do like each other. But then she finds out from the lawyer on the opposing side that if they get together, it'll nullify the entire lawsuit because it doesn't matter if you met on love guaranteed, as long as you met because of love guaranteed, you, you aren't qualified to sue them. So then the trial starts. She distances herself from Nick 
he finally realizes what she's doing because like a classic rom-com, she won't tell him. And then in a grand gesture, he admits that he's fallen for her and he's dropping the suit all while he's on the stand. And he tells her right in front of everyone that he loves her. And then he says, do you love me? And the judge says, you need to answer that question, miss. And she says, I do. And then they kiss. And then they walk out of the courtroom shaking everyone's hands. And then Heather Graham wants to meet with them on the side and says, I'll offer you 250 grand to open that rehabilitation center you want to open for children. That's what you were going to do with the money anyway. And they're like, we want 500,000 because we were going to win this case if he hadn't been honest. And she's like, fine. And then they, and then she says, but you have to become the new faces of love guaranteed because that other couple was fake. And he's like, I knew they were fake. And they become the new face of love guaranteed and totally sell out the end. The one thing that caught my ear in that is you were doing math at the beginning and I have a feeling we did the same math. Yeah. But what you said was that Heather Grand came to them and said, you know, we'll offer you 250 grand. And they said, we're going to minimum. They changed the amount in the movie that they were suing for, but they didn't acknowledge it. I think they just got it wrong because when they met with the lawyers, Mm -hmm. like the company lawyers, she said, no, we're suing you for $500,000, whatever. And this other, this, that, and the other. And then, and then it changed to a million. And then it changed to a million. I don't remember that. I did because yeah. I had done. And the only reason I know that's true is when they said a half a million, I did the math that I'm assuming you did of what that would be paying him per dating hour and what that works oh. out to be. Uh, and that's why I caught it when it switched to a million. Cause I'm hmm. like, no, no, no. I already did that math. So hmm. the ma- that's what I assume the math you were working no. on was. Okay. Different math. Let me do my math and then you can tell me what your math was. Fun math. So my math I worked out, if it was going to be um, a half a million is what they started with at the initial, that's what they initially said they were going to get out. Then at the end they said, well, we were suing you for a million. Like, just just trust me. Okay. Uh, So a thousand bad dates, Mm -hmm. half a million dollars. Yeah. That's the equivalent of him getting about paid $500 per bad date. Not too bad. Not too bad. Now... Let's say Legal that, fees. Well, we'll get there in my math. All right. So let's say, though, that every date is about three hour on average, three hours long. He was saying like an hour. He did got he say it down day? to an hour. He got it down to an hour? Yes. That I did not catch. Yes. Wow. Five, that, that even makes my math substantially more salient. Yeah. So let's say $500 one hour day, or sorry. Yeah, $500. For an hour. Yeah, for an hour. Yeah. Then let's just even, let's take a haircut off of that, a 50% and say that's going to legal fees. 50%. Let's say 50%, $250,000 to legal fees. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot, but I, my point here is, Sarah. I thought that I would, took like. If I was getting the equivalent of two, even $250 per bad date, mm-hmm. I would gladly go on a thousand of them. I would gladly <laughs> go on a thousand of them. I wouldn't bat an eyelash at that. Yeah. Oh my God, that's getting but paid. But that can't be your purpose. I know that, but I'm just for the, for me thinking of if I went on a thousand bad dates mm-hmm. and my purpose was to find love and I did it. Yeah. And then I sued and I got the equivalent of 250 to $500 per bad date. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'd call that a win. I think I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't view those thousand bad dates as a bad investment of my time at that point. I don't think he would either. It was more about the principle of the thing because he was going to donate it anyway. Yeah, I'm sorry. Also about that, that was the point where that was a bit much for me. Where I'm donating does it to he a get wing. his money? Thank you. Thank they didn't you. even. They all they needed to do was write in a line. Yeah, about inheriting money or something. 
Like, well, what the hell? He's a physical therapist. And I mean, they do pretty good. And then but... he also does like pro bono stuff. And like, where's everyone just like giving their time away all the time? Well, I don't think this movie had a real grasp on a dollar's worth because originally no. it was like $250,000. He was going to either. I'm going to donate that to build a wing of this right. rehabilitation. You're going to need a lot more than that. You're not. Bu- yeah. You're not bu- barely building a room with, yeah. you know, good equipment and whatnot, much less a children's wing. Yeah, 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 that was, there were a couple parts. Didn't this- you know, Seattle was back in 1950s times. And that's how much <laughs> things cost there. Just on that one part that you take a ferry to get. Apparently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I let me say this: I did enjoy this movie. Yeah, I, did I mean, too. I did, mm-hmm. but I did have some big issues with it. And oh, like, yeah. that was that was one of them. When he was like, "Well, I'm just going to donate all this money." Like, you're not because like, the director was trying much. desperately to get people back on his side because he looked like an a hole at the beginning. That was the whole crux of their mm-hmm. issue was that he was like litigious, basically, mm-hmm. and. And you, we wanted her, to, you know, to see the good side in him and understand that he's worth more. He's more than just this creepy guy that she was calling a creep. And like, number one, Damon Wayans does not come off as creepy at all. No, like, can't even come off as creepy. And number two, like, the conceit just didn't work because they were both so nice because neither of them did come off as creepy. There was no edge <laughs> to either of them, you know? I was like, uh, all right, here we go. Yeah. Like, it was like, isn't it romantic? Like, it was like the dream world mm-hmm. that Rebel Wilson was in. That's a, you know what? Nobody right. swears. You know, everything is nice and gleamy. Her little car... You know, it's just cute and a dump, but it's it still gets her everywhere, you mm. know? And even when she cries, even at it. the saddest point when she leaves the courthouse and is just so sad and exhausted and starts crying, her crying is so fake as to not be taken seriously, which is fine, but then it's like, that's the one moment when you could have maybe some serious emotional depth and it's like, <laughs> and then Tiffany comes on. She's like, I hate you, Tiffany, which is a funny line. I will give it and that, I like that. that was so the that one. kind of brought it back up. But, but it was like, this is where you could have had something less marshmallowy. I don't know. I did get a belly laugh out of when Tiffany came on yeah. in that moment. I will, but I get your point. This movie did walk a line between Hallmark movie mm. and in theaters movie. Like Definitely. It, it was, it had that they weird have to filter on it. That's okay. I was going to say, yeah. I, I could only describe it as like a shine in my notes. Yeah. Like it had this weird Everybody's Hallmarky makeup. shine. Yeah. And it was like something weird that filter they put on it. And oh my gosh, like the set design and the wardrobe. I was counting the what number of What was going on with her sleeves? Her sleeves in some of this movie was just outrageous. Like she had, she had one scene where that it was white like shirt? puffy and see through out of town. I turned to Emma really? and I was like, I want that shirt. No. Yeah. I was going to ask you what's going on oh, with that, I like shirt. that shirt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's going to, if, you know, five to 10 years from now, everyone's going to be like, what the fuck were we wearing? Well, here's the thing. A person now is going, <laughs> I mean, that's a real shirt, right? You think that's I a, have a shirt very similar. I, I have, have two shirts very similar to that I have, upstairs I mean, right now. Okay, good. Then I love that shirt so much. Sleeves. 
Yes, but that was the one time she wore white. Most of the time she wore jewel tones, especially like a Merlot red. She wore now, that Sarah, for, over and over and over Pretend again. that maybe there's some listeners out there that have no clue what jewel tones means. I mean, I know what jewel tones mean. Right. But pretend that they may be Like don't. really saturated color. Okay. So like a very deep emerald teal green. Mm-hmm. Or like a deep eggplant purple. Okay. Or like that Merlot burgundy red that she kept wearing. Okay, I'm looking at pictures the, of the movie Even the hat, the ridiculous this, so. hat she wore. I made a note about the hat. That's a jewel tone. It's like a bluish. You, before I comment on the hat, did you turn to your daughter and say... She wasn't I, there for that. Would you turn to your daughter and say, I want that hat? No. Okay, good. Because my question was, do, no. is that a real... No. I mean, Carrie even called that out to, to give Carrot... Um, Carrot. Top. <laughs> to give carrot <laughs> to give top. Carrot credit. <laughs> um, she she was saying it was just like such a lovely rom com and nothing ever went wrong. Yes, very teal. Blue. That lovely teal, like floppy cowboy Indiana Jones hat, I guess. Yeah, basically. That looks like a hat I I wore once as a joke well no i didn't wear it as a joke for a day but it was brown and i thought i looked good in it mm. and looking back i got made fun of a lot for it we were hiking and it felt very hikey to me um and now i don't know where it's at but that's oh. what it looks like yeah well i was counting how many times she wore bur- or burgundy merlot radish it was like four different outfits that involved it mm. and then at first i was like okay the coat she wore the first scene, the next day she's wearing the same coat. Great. We're going to have coat consistency here. And then it just went off the rails. There were like five or six different coats. Like no one owns this many coats. I mean, it is Seattle though. Overcast days. Maybe yeah, they... But you wear something more waterproof. These were like That's wool a good point. coats. Mm. These were like not waterproof i like that you look for coat consistency in the movie. oh i always do you because, always do oh yeah tell because, me because everything. that shows you whether they're like really based in reality or not is coat consistency not, then it's just like go nuts with it like a nancy myers movie you'll get a coat a different coat every scene because they're creating a you know this is wonderful thing. whereas if you're like really trying to create like a realistic picture they'll be in the same coat so as we go forward... Like Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, they're wearing the same coats throughout the whole movie. So as we go forward defining genres from here on out, I'm going to ask if the coat consistency fits mm. for it to be like farcical or yeah. you know, a slapstick. I'm yeah. excited to work coat consistency in. Because it's it tells you how important the, you know, the costume is to... The movie. Mm-hmm. And in rom-coms, it's usually more important. Well, now, was she you know? wearing the red burgundy coat during some scenes of uh, their their love interest growing, perhaps? Or did you not look that critically I at know, the coat I consistent? I should pay more attention to that. I mean, when he, like, kissed her on the forehead, she was wearing that white shirt. That, I did and not I don't care know for if that. that was like a, yeah, like something referencing her virginity or something i don't know yeah but i think it was mostly like oh my gosh when she walks into her house her sister who she could have told you could have told me was a stranger who lived next door 
comes out and says hi. And she's like, I'm just going to go sit in my house. And then she sits down on the couch with wine and stares out the window. And then it zooms out to like the drizzle of the rain. I'm like, this is a real feeling right here. This is all about what it looks like, not what it means. You know, it's like very, we're setting a tone. But it's like, it didn't have any substance. There, there were a lot of parts in this that it was like, I don't know if it was budget constraints or in a better director's hands. Like there were really good yeah. pieces there. Like I'm, like you're saying, when she's looking out the window in the in the beginning, it, I don't think it's the drizzle part. Mm-hmm. In the very, maybe it was rain, but in the very beginning where they pan out and the, yeah. you see her side, yes. and then the other, yeah, 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 it's like full of life and blah blah. blah. I mean, I made a note about that that mm-hmm. I feel like that sometimes where my window is just me <laughs> sitting. And then, so it did connect with me in a very real way. And yeah. then it just, I didn't feel like that ever really, it, it she kept occasionally coming back around in these little drops of like, you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you are a woman with career. You yeah. need baby. You're working you need hard find a man. A 10 till midnight on a Friday. And then it's whatever. like, th- then she looks at her family, but maybe you want a baby. Maybe you yeah. want husband. The thing that I didn't understand was that they didn't really give her, I don't know, for someone who was struggling with being able to pay the bills or whatever, mm-hmm. like she was just not a realistic small business owner in any way, and especially attorney. Mm. And like, as an attorney, you just, you establish like a lot more of a division between yourself and your client. It's not like, just like do whatever you can. Blah, I was blah, blah. actively like, rooting no. against them in this movie because yeah. I had a problem with the ethics of it. I have a note about that because when, like during that creepy, I call it creepy. I think anyone would call it creepy. The forehead kiss scene. I'm sorry. Hmm. That made me feel well, profoundly uncomfortable. I think he did that because he wanted to show her she wasn't just a handshake kind of girl. Yeah. But he also didn't want to cross the line. And I, it was I like get... trying to move. And, and Should I... he have gone with the cheek? No. Again, I was actively rooting against them because of the legal ethics of it. I kind of wanted him just to give her a handshake and walk out. Mm. I get for the purposes of the movie and watching a story about people falling in love. But I'm just saying the idea of an attorney falling in love with their client like this and not handing the case. So I I get it. It's a wrong, it's a rom-com. It's meant to be fantastical and funny, but my suspension of disbelief was too far. It was too far. And I love pro wrestling. I can suspend my disbelief like nobody's business, but this was too much for me. The kiss on the forehead with the puffy sleeves. The thing that I think was so frustrating was that there were just small things you could fix little lines you could put in to just tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we were talking with Mike about 10 Things I Hate About You and how tight that script was Mm -hmm. and how things came back and how things were very well arranged. Whereas this, I feel like was just like, meh. This almost felt like to me. Like you have 60 days to make this movie. Do it now. Well, it felt like to me, and, and I guess this will play out in our discussion in a little bit, but like they sat down with a list of rom-com tropes. Perhaps they mm-hmm. listened to the show and they were like, all right, we have to check this off. Do we have the, a sassy gay best friend? Okay, cool. Yeah. What? And honestly, how much 
would this story have changed? Granted, there wouldn't have been like the court case aspect of it, but I think they very easily could have made her a reporter or a writer, and this movie would have had to change next to nothing. But then how would she have met him? She would have been a reporter doing a story about his court case. But the whole crux of it was that he had to choose between her and the case. Maybe honestly, they could have still said the same thing. Like, oh no, like, I she think was, they wrote it, it backwards. No, but it I think been, they came up with that first. Yeah, and then worked backwards. Mm. But if they made a reporter to your to what you're saying, all they would have had to say is, "Oh yeah, no, she was on our website." They still make. I mean, the same it, the same premise still plays out. Well, no, yeah. she was on our website. We didn't say how it would work, but she is on it. And I say reporter just because that is substantially more of a rom com trope than being a lawyer. Mm. I mean, or she could have been an architect as well. But other than that, I mean, they started hitting like off the Mm -hmm. bat. Um, Gosh, what were some of the ones I wrote down? Like the sassy gay best friend immediately comes out. And they, I feel like didn't, didn't do anything for me. I wanted more out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was just kind of vapid. Yeah. Like it wasn't necessarily that they were stereotypical because I like a rom-com that hits the stereotypes. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Yeah. It was that they didn't... There was no heart to it. Yeah, they, there was it no was depth. They, it was there just was there. No, yeah, it was just like, okay, we're saying these things now. And I don't know if it'd be better in a better actor's hands or if it was just shitty, you know, writing. I don't know. So the, the director was Mark Steven Johnson, who has been in the industry for a really long time. He wrote Grumpy Old Men. He wrote Daredevil. He wrote Christopher, the new Christopher Robin. He did the new Ghostwriter. So he's like Jack Frost. So this guy's just taken <laughs> Simon Birch. He's taking a job. Like if a job comes yeah. across his his table, he is taking it. And it's just and he directed like another rom com called When in Rome with Kristen Bell. He directed um, Ghostwriter, Daredevil, Simon Birch. But they all seem like kind of all over the place, and I just. <laughs> don't really understand what the deal is he does have some rom-com experience when in rome a 2010 that's uh, what i'm saying when in rome and grumpy old men is kind of a rom-com you could argue yeah simon birch yeah talk about one i haven't thought of and won't after this moment all these movies are just kind of meh to me like i think grumpy old men was by far the most successful i well i got a sequel yeah but they were all, I don't know if it's because they were in his hands or what, but like Daredevil didn't do well. He did Electra. Electra was not good. Mm-hmm. He has, let me put it this way. He has a lot of movies on here that are regularly ridiculed as being uh, the end of a, of like a, a franchise. Mm-hmm. Like Daredevil and Electra killed all that off. Ghost Rider killed all that off. Yeah. Jack Frost is lampooned. Jack oh Frost is God. held in a special place in people's hearts for yeah. its fantastic Christmas harmonica. But mm-hmm. other than that, yeah. Okay, so on RogerEbert.com, Christy Lemire, Lemire, L-E-M-I-R-E, gave it one and a half stars. She said, it's the kind of movie you leave on the TV because you're lying on the couch with a cold and the remote control has fallen off the blanket onto the rug and you don't feel like going to the trouble to reach down, grab it, and change the channel. It said exactly like she said, like a Hallmark Channel movie that somehow broke loose and found its way to Netflix. Yeah, see, it, but in it, it's just a hair above that presentation, but it still hits those weird Hallmark beats that 
the formulaic mm. Hallmark beats, but it's just different enough. I, I don't know. High concept contrivance. Oh, but uh, let me ask you this, though, to just make sure, because I didn't look it up. Damon Wayans Jr., he's mm-hmm. he's in New Girl. He's coaching New Girl, right? Yeah, for the first season, yeah. He's only in the first season? I thought so. No, I think the first two seasons? Coach, is, Coach comes back in a couple seasons, okay. I think. So he's awesome because New Girl is essentially a romantic comedy TV show. I mean, I've watched enough of it. Yeah. I feel confident in saying that. So he can pull off the mm-hmm. romantic comedy aspect. I think mm-hmm. he's the funniest part of this movie, to be honest. And he doesn't even do oh, anything agree. exceptional. He's yeah. just there. He's the only one that has any real depth to his face. And I didn't dislike Rachel Lee Cook. Mm-hmm. She said recently, like, I wish that I was one of those actors that could do really intense stuff Mm. and I always wanted to be that kind of actor but I came to the realization that I'm good at rom-coms and that's what I'm gonna stick with and I think that's that's you know good that's that's you know she's finding her truth in it but I just didn't like it and I think the only time she really showed any emotion beyond like surprise or mild disgust was when she um, pretended she was like high on love when she walked in. And I couldn't tell if she was playing that as she was drunk or she was high or she was happy. It was like she was drunk. Like I was like, because I was along with her friends being like, is she okay? What's wrong with her? She like, almost who? ate cat food. Yeah. No, uh, fish oh, food. Fish food. That's and, it. And pulling the coffee pot way up high and going, that's a high pour. That's a move I've done drunk. I've yeah, 100% drunk done a long a pour. Yeah, move. That's yeah. not an I'm in love, la 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 move. No. And it just came off as like. And she said, let's get back to the salt mines. Yeah, uh, I like that. I love that. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. Like, what are you really doing here? I mean, the bitterness and contempt she showed in She's All That shows me that she can it's there, do that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the director. Maybe it wasn't good in his hands. I will say this. She was in one of my favorite TV shows for part of a season, Psych. And she played uh, yeah, uh, I read that. one of his, uh, like a girl that he was in love with. And I thought she was pretty good comedically in that without, I mean, that show is very cartoonish. Yeah. So she was good in that. It is not a serious show, but I thought she still did comedy better in that hmm. than, than in this. this. Yeah, yeah, which is really unfortunate. I did like the vicious circle thing. What do you mean the vicious when circle? When she says something about, I work, and then I get in bed, and then I have my phone in bed, and I do more work, and then I wake up, and I get my phone out again, and it's a vicious circle. And he's like, uh, I think you mean vicious cycle. And she's like, no, it's Vicious Circle. And he's like, that sounds like the name of a um, like a geometry teacher's rock band or something. And I thought that was really funny. I think I thought that was a really good reoccurring gag through the movie, too, because mm-hmm. there were probably four or five times that he corrected her on a... Yes. Would that be an idiom? Yeah. A, we'll call it an idiom. Sure, a, a saying. A saying, or he corrected mm-hmm. her on it. But what I would have almost liked... I have a note about this, because I, I was just... I, when we watch one of these, I started thinking, like, how would I make this better? And so one of the things I decided was that I love that back and forth on that, but I would want it flipped a couple times where she said one correctly and mm. he corrected her incorrectly. Mm. Like, I think that would have been a funny addition, too. It would have made so you it have fl- a lot more, like, goofiness in your system. Yes. I spend a lot of time figuring out why I hate something. <laughs> 
not why I would make it better or how I would make it better. It's like, why do I dislike this? And really like analyzing it. Whereas you're like, this would be goofy. This would be fun. And I'm like, well, I think everything has inherent value, Sarah. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But I did love that running gag. But not I equal value. It also felt like something that you would do. And maybe that's why I thought of the correcting incorrectly. No, like if you heard I would do say, what he said, which was, she said, why do you always have to correct me? Why do you always have to be right? And he said, I don't unless someone else is wrong. There is. Which is exactly right. Out of the 50 some episodes we've done of this so far, there is at least one bit I'm positive of audio evidence of you saying that to me. Really? Yeah. Of, <laughs> of me saying, why do you always have to correct me? And you saying something akin of, because you're always wrong. <laughs> I have no but it isn't necessarily because you're always wrong it's it's if it's an incorrect thing that you said it needs to be corrected i get what why you're laughing but it's not like you're always wrong and i have to correct you because you're inherently and always wrong it's you correct someone not because of any personal feelings or because of anything Uh you correct when it's an incorrect statement and that's what he was saying. You're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm agreeing with you, but it's just so great to get a momentary, like a step into the madness. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, no, it's perfectly I mean, I never out. like agreed with someone more than when he said that. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Where do you get all your money? <laughs> Why are you so independently wealthy? Now tell me all about that. Why are you? Yes. And the fact that he's just willing to give away hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to a children's wing, that's all well and good. But because you, he it, already spent, I was assuming he was trying to recoup all the money he spent on the thousand dates, but no, he wasn't Did they say over that. how many years that that was? That was my math. That was your math? Okay. Yes. So what did they say? It, it was, had to be within two years because he said that she broke up with him two years ago. That's impossible. That, that math does not work well, out. He breakfast, on, lunch, and dinner. I was going to say he has to go on two to three dates a day. Yeah. And then you're also etching out holidays. like And weekends? I don't know. No, I think you'd go on a weekend date. You but like, so? but like, cri- like three times a day. Wow. Well, no, he wouldn't have to do three times a day all year because that would get him to in a year almost a thousand. Yeah. 333. Um, Days if you did three per day okay. every single day. Wow. But so it it does work if you give yourself like six day weeks, basically. But but if you're saying you did it, two, I think you said he had to do it. So yeah, in he, less they would than have to two be, years. Okay. Yeah. And you assume you would have a few months of getting over your ex fiance who up and left you. Uh, do you though? Because I've had she some buddies. Was weird, by the way. I couldn't figure out her her like vibe yeah that character made absolutely no sense she was like weirdly slinky yeah but like forthright and it didn't seem like when she said she was sorry it felt very like manipulative just no just like i'm just saying this like it maybe she's just not a great actress i don't know i don't know if it's acting or it's directing or it's writing i think it was directing and writing is my take on it I think. Yeah. They and can only so stilted. Yeah. But I do agree yeah. with you. She made no sense in that. Why are they in granted? We've talked about someone just gets under your skin funny. You can't yeah. get over them. But that, that character with that, her made mm-hmm. no sense in any way, shape or form. No. And though you say a couple months to get over him, I, over her, I think he's going to be out there pretty much right away just to, to, to 
Hmm. Just to get out there. And if he was so angry, apparently that was his whole impetus, is that he had been broken up with. And so he was getting back on the horse or whatever Mm -hmm. and then started going on dates. Did he have that idea right away? Because you have to get to three dates a day pretty quickly to get to a thousand. So I will say this. Was he just trying to burn through people because he was was trying to distance himself from her? There was a This American Life where they were talking to, I forget if it was a producer or a producer's friend who decided as her, it was an episode, I think on new year's resolutions and the friend decided I want, I want to get married. I want to meet. And I may be, I listened to this episode like a year ago, so I may be getting a little bit of it wrong, but decided Mm -hmm. like my goal for this year is like, I want to fall in love. I want to meet somebody. The only way I'm going to do that truly is like a big number set. Like Mm -hmm. I just have to go out and meet as many people as I want Mm -hmm. or as I need to to hit my criteria and all this and that. And so Hmm. she said she was going on, you know, four, five, six dates a week. And then like the, and then just cutting people loose, like immediately. If she was like, no, you don't meet this and this, like, I don't want to get a sunk cost kind of into this. We're just moving on. And she was simply motivated by the goal of, I want to meet the love of my life. And this is just a, I need a big number set to do it. So she was, that was it. She just needed big numbers was her. And I don't know if she just thought in stats or what, and so that was a person approaching, finding someone as a number. But we needed him to say that and yes, explain it. I agree. And he didn't. So much of this movie, you're left to fill in the blanks, kind of. Like maybe that was his motivation. Maybe that was her motivation. They only say like one thing. And it's like, all you need is just a little yeah. bit more emotion mm-hmm. And a little bit more explanation to understand the character's motivation. Eight to ten additional lines of dialogue would have made this movie substantially better. I mean, it made total sense when she said, my brother-in-law is my landlord and he owns this. Like I was like, oh, that's why she has such a nice place. That's all you have to say. I'm totally fine with it. I'll go with that conceit. But they did kind of do that in the beginning, gave you a lot of information and kind of one lines to get you set up. And And it didn't feel... I guess inorganic, but you're right. Then they just yeah. kind of stopped at a certain point and were like, I guess they know everything. Now I found, she didn't even say anything to her coworkers about finding his ex-girlfriend. She just shows up at, at this house and we're like, who the fuck are I, you talking and to? And my thought was, did she call first? Is she right. just showing up to this random woman's house? Like, and, and you know what would have stopped me from putting this lawsuit out there? Hmm. The fact that you're going to go talk to, I don't know, a handful of the thousand women I went on dates with or go talk to my ex or try to, you have to do research on all, why all of these things went wrong. Yeah, cool. I don't need that money. Yeah. I mean, that that would have terrified me more than anything else. It was like he had else. this justified anger about them lying and he's all about honesty. I didn't get that quote unquote Nick is all about honesty <laughs> until... The very end when his ex-girlfriend was on the sand and said that about him. I'm like, since when is Nick all about honesty? And even then, it doesn't mean he's about honesty. He got up there and had just been called out in court about being honest. Like, it's right in front of him. Of course he's going to be. But I didn't understand that. that. And now I think back on it. If they had said that at the beginning, that's why he was mad at Love Guaranteed because they were being dishonest. And, And he did say something about, like, you can't guarantee love and... Blah, blah, blah. That's BS. And I think that they're misrepresenting themselves. But if you had said one thing about like, I believe you need honest representation or whatever to explain. And uh, it just doesn't. And love guarantee. (sighs) Sarah, 
it isn't just the name of the company. They reference later in the movie that it's actually in their terms of service mm-hmm. that love is guaranteed. Yeah. What lawyer would, would allow that. you to guarantee that unless I guess it's that's through the thousand days? Well, unless it's some weird thing like uh, uh, how do you define love? And they already knew it would be thrown up. But that was another point of my suspension of disbelief. Mm. You have these high powered attorneys, presumably. Oh, hey, the one they attorney. They literally wanted to get to. The court scene. That was where it all. Her as a to. lawyer in front of the court. Yeesh. Oh, that just made me all feel it. not great. And the and everybody just expounding on the stand and shit like that. I kept turning to Emma and being like, "You can't do this. This isn't how you court can't. really works." And she's like, "What do you mean? Like, you have to be asked a specific question that you answer. You can't just like." If you had shown me the first half of this movie and then explained the ending to me and said. They get up, he gets up in front of the court and professes his love to her in their silence and said, Justin, what happens next? I would have said, the judge would have said, you have to answer. Yeah. That. I mean, the, it did mm-hmm. hit a lot of these beats and tropes, <laughs> but I, ah. too. No, the, um, it jumped out to me too. The lawyer, this isn't going to really matter to you of the company though. Mm-hmm. I knew he looked familiar and it was bugging me and I looked it up. He was one of the, he was a, a co-star in the Johnny Knoxville classic, The Ringer. He played oh, one of the he really? played one of the Special Olympic athletes. Oh my gosh! I think I know what you're talking. about. I know about. exactly because he's got such a unique yeah. face. Yeah, oh my gosh. But and now, I've only seen that movie in passing. Exactly. It's it's that's funny. It's actually a good movie that got kind of a bad rap. So he hmm. like he just jumped out at me, and I love Bill that. Jones. And the other one that got me. Oh my god! When Heather Graham came on, she is so funny. Did she you, is amazing. Did you see She was the best part of that movie. What? The, this movie? Yes. I would agree. I wanted more of her going crate. Like, yeah. being wackadoo. Yeah. Because again, have you seen her in Scrubs? I've seen Scrubs. I don't remember her in it. She has like a small arc in it. Yeah, where okay. she's, I think, like a psychologist or something. And is like mm. incredibly attractive, but kind of like... If I remember it, like hippy dippy or kind of aloof, yeah. maybe. And she I'm, plays that really and well. She's so. I mean, just she is. Yeah. She's a good serious actress. Mm. I mean, you know, boogie, boogie nights. nights. Yeah. yeah, and she's hysterically. But funny. she still has that ability to be kind of airheaded mm-hmm. somehow, but just really good. Guess how old she is? Oh, she's much older than I. Uh, you would think, isn't she? Isn't she like in her early to mid fifties or something? She turned fifty this year. She looks amazing. It's insane. It's outrageous. What is she doing? Probably never goes in the sun. Ah. I love Heather Graham. When I okay. saw her walk in, I got so in the basically, basically be playing like Gwyneth Paltrow as a absolutely yeah. Okay, so how old do you think Damon Wayans is? Oof. Here's the problem. When someone asks you how old they are, you immediately feel like you have to shoot high or low. So mm. I'm going to go with what I genuinely. If I saw that guy walking down the street, mm-hmm. what I'd say. I would say if I saw that guy walking down the street, 43. He is 38. Okay, I shot a little high. He's two years older than us. Really? Yeah. I look I at him and I see him like an adult. Young he was. I, I know. I look at him and I think like there is an, an adult that probably the has whole have been oh. around so long. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, the Wayans, they're like 40s. Yeah. No. I, Crazy. Wow, I am... He's the youngest of all of them. Well, I would hope so. If he's only like 38, you said? Yeah. That's nuts. He looks great for 38. Don't misunderstand me when I guessed 40-something. I was purposely shooting a little high. Yeah. Um, Wait, you, okay, you, so... didn't ask, you didn't ask the other one, though. Rachel, oh, yeah. Rachel Lee Cook? Mm-hmm. Do I know how old she is? Mm-hmm. Again, like looking at her, if you told me like 40, 
I'd buy 40. She was 40. Okay, good. I got one. Yay. She'll be 41 in October. She looks good for 40, though. Oh, like absolutely. Good, like, I... No head wrinkles. You don't want those head wrinkles. Head wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> she, she On any have, parts of her head. No head wrinkles whatsoever. <laughs> um... So if you were going to rewrite this, then where would you have Nick's money coming from? Damon Wayans' money. Where would I money? have Nick's money coming from? Okay. I don't want it being family money because that's just too easy. Throw it. Oh, boom. I got it. I got what? it. Oh, I, no. Ah, shoot. I think I have it, but it might take away him wanting to donate money to it. Yeah. He's a physical therapist. Yes. What if he invented and patented a special type of equipment to help elderly do something or other like that? I just realized where he got his money. What? He used to be a fucking professional sports player. Did they say that in yes. it? Yes. Really? I forgot completely. Well, they didn't say it very loud because I didn't hear <sighs> it either. <laughs> when did they say that? When he was explaining why he became a physical therapist, he got hurt. Oh. And he said his trainer, Rashid, helped him get back to it and made him like feel good. And he wanted to do that for other people. So when he retired, he became a physical therapist. I can remember Rashid's name, but I completely <laughs> forgot about the whole, I was a pro athlete. I can't tell you what sport it was. I don't, they maybe didn't mention it. Okay, then, sir, you asked me that. Uh, mine yeah, was going to be yeah, spent, like yeah, a, piece yeah. of, a piece of machinery and he patented or something. Uh -huh. What would you want his favorite? I his want him to, to be related to Diana Ross. And have her oh like, my like, God, that's be like so her much nephew better. or something. Yes. And him just be casually like, yeah, well, my aunt Diana like gave me a bunch of money. Yeah, and like, she never <laughs> says like Ross. And then in an ideal world at the end. They play like something. And she shows, she has to be involved. Yeah, the somehow like right at the end. you can't hurry in love. No, you just have to wait. And then she's like there in the courthouse or something i, I love know. that i love that so this yeah. didn't obviously have the budget for anything near that but right. my god that is a, good be a one. great cameo yours is substantially better than mine oh. <laughs> that would be a great cameo that would be really fun oh, and, and it, but no Get one tracy ellis ross to come in like be his cousin Ooh. They do it and they do like something in the court scene. They play the song. She comes in for one second like, oh, meet my aunt. And then mm -hmm. the sassy sidekick and like the two office workers are like, you know, mouths agape looking at mm -hmm. and like she doesn't know and no one else know. you know, like she goes off and they're like, do you know who that just was? <laughs> that would have been fun. That would have been fun. It would have given them something to do. Yeah. Who would you have recast her sassy friends as? Can we actually play a recast the entire movie game? Yeah. Okay. okay. But I have a very specific version of it. All right. Well, Okay, you, you don't have to follow my lead, but as I was watching this and she met the guy that uh, did the intermittent fasting and he kept mm -hmm. falling asleep. I liked him. All I could see when that guy came on was Kyle Mooney from oh, SNL. Yeah. And so then that uh -huh. got me think. And then yeah. she, he went on a date with a, the, a redheaded girl that was like complaining about shellfish. Yeah. And to me, she looked like vanessa byers off of okay. snl and so it got me thinking if i was going to recast all this SNL. movie all snl <laughs> and, and it it doesn't have to be current uh, cast but i was going to try and stick with current cast like right. who would it be i would almost want to recast like i mean her... beck bennett would definitely be the gay yes. um accountant beck bennett would absolutely have to be That'd that be character so fun and, and where i run into a problem and... cecily strong is the judge well see <laughs> I no, you get to do Janine Pirro. <laughs> All right, Cecily Strong would be good at that. Because I was having the problem of do I cast Cecily Strong as the lead? 
Mm. or Heidi Gardner, because I think Heidi Gardner is hysterical mm. too. Yeah. And I could see either of them being really good in a romantic comedy lead. I, I don't know which of those. I'm leaning towards actually now that you've said that Heidi Gardner would be the lead for me and, yeah. and uh, Cecily Strong would be the judge. I want to work in... Actually, no, I know who exactly one of the assistants would be. The female assistant would mm-hmm. be Melissa Villasenor. Okay. Because I think she could do something so funny with just two or three lines in that. Yeah. And then as far as the other one, man, that's where it becomes tough. I'd almost want to switch his character completely around oh. because uh, Melissa Villasenor being like doing her thing where she, you know, she's funny. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, like over the top type of funny. Mm-hmm. I would almost want to take instead of the uh, like, you know, gay assistant tropes, mm-hmm. Make him clean cut. Let's throw in Colin Jost in there and just make him like oh, this okay. this juxtaposition. I was doing the opposite. Okay. Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson <laughs> would be incredibly like, funny in that too. Like just play him super like high and basically Pete like, Davidson as Pete Davidson, yeah. like most of his roles. Although he's like off everything now. He's well, good sober. for him. But we could you play know, him that way. The other one that could be funny in that role too, and we're basically going through the entire cast, mm-hmm. but that's the game. It, I don't, you'll know his picture. Chris Red. I mm-hmm. don't know him by name. Yeah. I think he would be, could do that also very funny because he does like his, he does like Wesley Snipes is one of his go-tos on that show on SNL yeah. when they do it. And like, he has a very good, like over the top presentation of mm. things. So I could see him being good. Who? We could make Colin Jost be her brother-in-law, too. Oh, that would be a good one as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Who's playing the sister? <laughs> I know. Addie Bryant. I knew you were going to fucking know. say that. First of all, it's 80. <laughs> and second of all, I think she should play the lead. You think she'd be okay? She always gets cast in that character. And she is so funny. No, you're right. She is incredibly funny. She would and be she could a carry really a lead. fun lead. I, I, I still just got to stick with Heidi Gardner, though. I think she's mm. so funny, too. Who would play Damon Wayans Jr. character then. I would almost be curious to see what uh, Alex Moffat could do with it. He's I don't Ugh. find him like super funny, but no. I could see, you don't think I so? I hate it. Okay. He plays Donald Trump Jr. and that is all. Or Eric, he plays Eric. Trump. Okay, what if we open it up to like any SNL alum ever? Well, I was thinking, ah. uh, what's his name from New Girl? Lamore... Um, who replaces Damon Wayans, basically. Lamorne Morris, who plays Winston? Yes. He, Coach does come back in later seasons then. Okay. That's who you th- who, you're right, who did replace him. Yeah. I could actually see him being super funny in it, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you've got me on New You girl. could get Lamorne and you now. could get, um, who's he? Big Eyes McGee. Uh, the new girl, Jess. What the hell is her name? Zoe Dave Chappelle? Yes, Zoe Dave Chappelle. That's correct. Have you seen pictures where her eyes, they make them brown and it's like eyes really do really make you realize how much you identify people because I didn't know who she was. Because I have seen they that, that. Yeah. I've seen where they take away her bangs and she is unrecognizable as well. I mean, have you seen Elf? I have and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize that was her. Blonde with no bangs. Man, I am now I'm looking down through SNL alums because I, I want it. You're right. That would be a great casting. That would absolutely be a great casting. You know who could, ah, man, you know who could honestly pull this off, I think, and make it pretty good. It's a little bit, it's a little bit of cheating though, because he's been in a rom-com and it was enjoyable and he did, in my opinion, carry most of the movie. 
Yeah. Bill Hader. He's basically be playing the same character he played in Trainwreck, a doctor that helps people. Yeah. And all of that's that. I mean, true. it's not like a cra- it's not like a crazy jump, but we never get a Bill Hader in this. Or if we're going physical therapy, mm-hmm. common. <laughs> Common, yeah. common. Actually, I would watch. Switching. I would watch a movie of nothing but SNL star, like current <laughs> SNL cast and Common. I would absolutely watch that. That is a movie I want. I'm glad that we recast. Did we? Did we hit everybody? Oh no, Sarah, we missed a really big one though. What we missed? Who would we replace as Heather Graham? Who? Oh. We, but but I'm gonna say Heather Graham. Who's your dream casting? Let's go further I mean, outside. Heather Graham's of this. really fucking I know. good. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow as <laughs> we Gwyneth could literally get her to do that, which she wouldn't, but that'd be fun. Kate Winslet would be fun. That could be a good one. Um, bringing in the British element. You know who would? I don't know if she could pull it off, but if if she was willing to play along, like I don't know what kind of actress she is nowadays. Lindsay Lohan walks into that boardroom. Oh my God. Tell me that that wouldn't be. That would be really good. Because you would never see it coming. And I think she could. Yeah. She used, I mean, she is a good actress. Oh, she's a really good actress. For sure. And you let her just throw herself at a train wreck. Oh man. That would be fun. Yeah. So we've just recast this movie. Fantastically. Yeah. I know you've been looking to get back into the dating world. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you have. A profile you're working on. We are. Yeah, you. we are. <laughs> we are. You, you and your husband. <laughs> the collective we. No, and do you know what was happening bef- while you were putting your other daughter to bed down here? Your oldest daughter w- took your phone and was having me pose so that she could have, uh, have photo photos shoot. to add to my dating profile. Mm. And I, number one, I thought I was playing along like I thought I was doing a good job following her direction yeah. and she thought I was joking around I'm like no I really just don't know how to pose that well she's like there's a plant on your mantle and she had me reach out to touch it oh no and so I reached out and touched it and I like was like well should I just look off into the distance like this she's like no be serious I'm like I am cannot tell you how much I'm trying right now like, I really I, am I know serious. like this seems like I'm making fun of the process it's like no I'm, I'm really into I'm hoping this. you can pull a great picture out of this well she took like 50 plus and her editing she brought oh, down a tug do you say a little like ship over there she brought down that ship and was just what me, on your right over there on your table there's a tiny ship and she just handed it to me oh, and was like, okay, hold this. And like, kind of look at it like you're sad, like, like your dad died and this was oh his boat. God. And she was like, and you're just, you're sad about it. And so I like made a sad face. She's like, no, no, not like that, but like this. And then she starts like just pouting her lips and stuff. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I thought I was doing oh that. Too many really, YouTube videos. I know, but she was, she was really, she was doing a good job. She but concerns me. Either way, there's a lot of pictures of me on your iPhone now, and some of them I look very forlorn. So just a heads up, that's coming your way. But yes, how we've made it this long in the discussion about a movie about online dating, and this hasn't come up, I I don't know. So, so, so yes, Sarah. So yes, if you could find a dating site that guaranteed love, yes, would you be more likely to go to that site? I don't, I don't know. And here's a why. Okay. Because, uh, like they say, I know match for a while. I think it was match. It was eHarmony. No, it was eHarmony. One of them was like more serious relationships start out of this. And so I don't know what kind of pool that is throwing me into. Like, I guess I'm more of the mindset, like I would like to meet somebody that I fall in love with. I would like to, but I, but I also don't want it to be like a thing where, you know, like 
you know, maybe I meet somebody and I know we're not necessarily going to get married, but like, maybe I want to talk to you and learn about you a little bit. And just because you don't know right away, I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if I'd be going into too intense of a talent, a talent pool, too intense of a pool of a dating pool. You know mm. what I mean? Like, would people be too, I don't know, cutthroat isn't the right word, but you know what I mean? Too Pull intense. Triggery. Yeah. And just like really looking to get married. And it's like, okay, well, mm. we've been dating three months. Is this going anywhere? Like, I, I, I don't, mm. I don't know. We've only, that's what I would be scared of by it would be, but maybe that's what I need. Maybe that's what I need. Hmm. Maybe it's what I need. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I guess I would, I would steer. I guarantee. I'll say this. I'd steer away only from steer, like. What is the only is something. Farmers? No, for this farmers only. I thought there was one called like only serious something. Very well, maybe one. Yeah, but that. like that's why I steer away from like the idea of hopping on Tinder because that just has the reputation of being like basically a hookup thing. And like, well, I don't want mm. something that casual. Yeah. Even Bumble is like a little bit like that where it's like, well, they, but I, but mm. I, you know what? I'll say this. There's been a couple in my research cause I've researched that, you know, what ones are more geared towards certain things. Mm-hmm. And there are certain ones that are more geared towards, towards serious dating. Mm-hmm. And I have kind of looked at those. Like I don't, I don't know if I'm in the correct mindset and if I'm going into like a setting that like, no, this is the serious dating app. Like, Mm. well, am I doing a disservice to the person that's there when I'm like, I think I want something serious, but I also don't really know. No, I think that's where everybody is. Yeah. So I guess my answer to you is like, I think it would more, I'd be more worried about it than anything else. Like who, who is that attracting is your main sales pitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'd want something more that's like, you know, largest, large, most connections or something. I would think you would think about it more, less about the dating pool and more about like the legal language of it and like try to get like, you're very pragmatic about those things. Like, (laughs) well, this one says it has a guarantee. Well, you do make a good point there. Whereas this other one, there's no guarantee. So if I'm going to be spending whatever a month. You just brought up a point that I thought about during this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, so I have actually, you say pragmatic and research. I have researched dating apps. Like I said, sure. last time I was uh, on, in the dating world, I tried researching or I found the one that had the highest average education level. Cause mm-hmm. I figured like that is a thing that is a desire education and knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's something that I find desire. It's something that I connect with a person on. So I found one like Hashtag that. Hashtag no dummies. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but if I connect with someone that I'm Absolutely. not saying, uh, I'm not saying a degree is the only way to attain that. I just, that's an easy identifier. Of right. that. If I met someone that had a high school education, but was like brilliant, like I would connect with them. It's just an easy identifier either way. Sure. Um, but I've been reading on certain ones and how like even Tinder and Bumble now have monetized aspects of it. And there's one that I met uh, my last girlfriend on called Coffee Meets Bagel mm-hmm. that I was reading reviews of now. And people say they've monetized it so much that it's almost unusable in, oh, in its no. form. So you do have to pay a bunch. Mm. And I just kind of have a problem with like, I get if it's like an e-harmony or something where it's a very like almost regimented st- it's a system, you yeah. know, but I feel like for a lot the of the algorithm. apps, well, yeah, something is doing a lot of the background for mm-hmm. you, but I feel like with a lot of these, you know, Tinder or Bumble or something where it's just swiping, it's like, mm-hmm. well, what am I actually paying for? Like I, it's the platform. well, again, yeah. I don't feel like the value proposition there and like on Bumble, goddamn dude, I, I have to hand you this app so you can search through it. It makes no goddamn sense. They're like, hmm. this is your beehive and your beeline and you can buy, I don't know, honey or some bullshit. Oh, it's not no. honey that you buy, but you can buy like 
I don't even understand the the wording of it or how to do it. And it makes me very <laughs> concerned huh. about that. Because mm. I thought it was just supposed to be like, you're good looking, you're good looking, you're good looking, right. your profile looks nice, cool beans, huh. there's a dog. Yeah, I'd rather, if I were doing this, mm. have the computer match me than have to go through. Because then it's just a beauty contest. It does become like that, yeah. And... It's like I'd rather, you know, put a lot of information mm-hmm. and have someone work it out, you know, or like a matchmaker or something. Well, and that's right. the next part that uh, you and Brian and Emma get to help me with is trying to make me match is to help me write the actual portion of like the write up because that's the hard part. And again, mm. I've been doing research. The ones that get best responses seem to be like funny bullshit, but then it's like you're not actually telling anything about mm. yourself when you're just being, you're showing you're witty, but what is that really? But if you go too serious, it seems like you're too heavy. You have to walk like this line. It's It really is like you said, uh, it's A, a beauty contest, but it is just a boom, initial reaction. Like you got to win someone over in like a few seconds yeah. and go. And then, an elevator pitch. Well, and then it is. It's a personal elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is too you know, from what I've read and what I experienced last time, as a guy, you get a handful of responses. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a girl, you apparently get bombarded by every yeah. guy just sending out, hey, how you doing? Hey, hey. And like, no, and like hit, you know, like hit, hitting on them and all that, you mm-hmm. know, that type. So you get overwhelmed. But well, as guys a, are like <laughs> quantity over quality, I think. <laughs> just, there, there was a guy. I mean, was, that's literally the difference in our reproductive system, too. It's like. There was a guy that used to work for me who is one of, I mean, I don't know. He was lazy. You wouldn't think that he was really getting a lot of women. He was like, no, dude, I used to do it all. get get tons of women. I'm like, I was just like, dude, I'm not looking to be mean. Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. So no, all you do is you get on Facebook and you just start messaging like as many girls as you can. You, you don't know them or anything. You start messaging oh them. And I was like, why, dude? He was like, because man, it's a numbers game. You send out a hundred, you get one that responds. You're good. So he would do that. I knew a guy that that was oh genuinely his strategy. That's like what's his name, Will Ferrell from Wedding Crashers. Yeah, just looking for any way to find. That's what this guy in. That's what this guy not only said he did. But he he did it unabashedly. He was like, no, absolutely. Why would I do it any other way was his attitude. So either way, I I don't know, man. He's a born romantic. I think this movie also, though, I I will say this. I think it paints online dating kind of bullshitty in a way. In Hmm. that, like, my experience is I've only been on, like, a handful. But Mm -hmm. I've, I've been on more than most of my friends who did not date when this was active, you know? Mm -hmm. Or wasn't as prolific. Like... The handful that I went on, I had none that got from, like, I had some conversations with people online and whatnot, chit-chatting that did fizzle out, or it was like, you are not that interesting. By the time it progressed to the point where we were going to meet in public for a date, like, Mm -hmm. there was usually a time of discussion, you know, like, you got to know someone in there. By the time it got to, like, we're in person, that person had seemed interesting enough to me where like I never had a bad one. I had some that right. weren't like as fun. I had some that we just didn't click the right way in person, but I never had any like in this movie where the girls like, you know, bitching about there being too much shellfish or mm-hmm. this girl just randomly getting ghosted or a guy that shows up looking nothing like his picture. I, I right. that was not my experience. And maybe that it. was like a 10 years ago thing. Yeah. I think it's gotten, people have gotten more savvy and, you know, I think more gun shy. 
And so it seems like you do more homework up front, you know. Did I ever mention on this show that one girl ran a background check on me? I don't think so. It, 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 I went on a girl, a date with a girl, and she worked at the courthouse. So she had, oh, yeah. yeah. So she had like actual access. It's mm-hmm. not like she went and paid a fee or anything. And somehow it kind I of, would if I had access. Well, no, well, Fuck yeah. Well, no, and, and somehow. I'd run a background check on every I dude. Freak- <laughs> No joke. <laughs> really? If I had access like that, well, fuck yeah. And from what she told me, she Absolutely. really wasn't supposed to do it. Like she could no, have gotten in no, trouble. No, you're not supposed to. But you would do it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely? 100%. Nice. Okay. Every dude. Every dude? Even if you're not going on date? Like you just meet like you, like the guy that... Sh- I mean, 100% check- if I decided to go on a date and see this guy in person, I would background check him first. Probably 20 to 50% of the other guys. Just to like check and be like, is this too good to be true? Or what's up with this dude? I, just look. And see, I and that's why I took it with a laugh. Mm-hmm. But there is something. Because you're male, you, again, okay. and I'm female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are literally walking into a, you know, you could kill me, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to just like go on a date with somebody who has like, a battery charge in there. Well, even before I came here, a friend called me to say, I'm leaving work late. I'm here by myself. Can you literally come sit in the parking lot while I walk to my car? And I yeah. did. Like, I do realize there's a very different reality in this world. And especially with like dating and whatnot. Yeah. What I'm saying though, as, as a guy sitting there who, who is a, you know, by all means, a okay person, no mm-hmm. felonies or anything, you know, no <laughs> battery, no nothing, nothing like that. Right. It did just kind of feel weird in a, for a second to hear like, uh, I forget how it even came up and I had to lean on her a little bit like mm-hmm. wait did you run a background check on me she's like yeah I shouldn't have but I did and you came out clean I'm like well yeah I did but okay it, I hear <laughs> she it. probably did that in the most awkward way you either say it right up front or you never tell them no I can confidently tell you that this girl did it in the most awkward way possible yeah. she was v- a very nice girl we did not fit well together mm. and I can deal with like or not deal with awkward I can play with like that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun but she I don't know she didn't own it in a way either way you know mm-hmm. had fun on that but I've never had that experience these where it's like oh terrible like a terrible online date because if mm-hmm. it gets to that point we at least have something in common that I can right. bounce off of right and if it's really bad you make that for that first date you don't do dinner as a first date that's ridiculous yeah. then you're locked in for the meal the trick is either coffee mm-hmm. or you go for a walk in the park you're going somewhere public that if you need to you can get out of there quick mm-hmm. i mean i think most of the blind dates i've or like online dates i've been on too the girl definitely gets a phone call like 15 minutes in mm. or a text which what is pretty was standard that one yeah just to make sure oh she's yeah and okay. to, well and to give a ripcord yeah. if it's like this is not good like oh no i need to go right. do xyz mm-hmm. i get that fully oh absolutely yeah um there's one grouper where you go on oh i remember grouper friends jared had a friend in new york that did a couple groupers yeah. and he ended up making out with them. <laughs> Hey. Oh, Jared had a whole grouper story I can't remember. Yeah. I feel like there should be a better way to do that, though. Like, grouper is just a, a way for a bunch of friends to get together and probably get real drunk and rowdy. Yes. Like, I don't see that as necessarily a love match thing. I understand the group context mm. of it, but I think if you could get something where you go on a blind date with your friends who are dating or something like that, I think that's the ultimate way to meet a connection. Wait, walk me through and that. I, I don't, don't know if you can 
ever make that into an app or if it's just what do you mean go on a date with your friend so like like your dating or married whatever friends okay set you up with the girl Okay. And all four of you go out on a double date together. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because that's the way to, number one, feel safe. Yeah. Number two, be sure that, like, this is somebody that that they think you would get along with. And number three, all the awkwardness really dissipates in a lot of ways because you have these two people with you who know you. Yeah. And who are comfortable with each other. Yeah. So really the only interaction that's new is the two of you, whereas all the other interactions yeah. are with people you're comfortable with. I, I don't dislike that idea, but I will tell you the only real issue I see with it could potentially be, would potentially be that the two people might use the couple and their connection to them as too much of a crutch. And all of a sudden you're talking to the two people there as opposed to, you know each other but that and but that's really something that just interpersonal Mm -hmm. dynamics like the couple would have to take but i hear what you're you're saying for the first time if this is literally a blind date yeah that's a good way to meet somebody that's yeah because that's how you meet like out in the wild like Mm -hmm. through friends there was what you know when i was on uh coffee meets bagel last time there was a function it that linked to your facebook profile and it would tell you in the app when the person came up how many friends you had in common that's a good idea so it did give you that and i will tell you i actually did text about one of those girls i sent a message to a common Mm -hmm. friend and just said what's the deal with this person because blah blah Mm -hmm. blah so it that's a good idea. So it kind of had a similar thing, yeah. you know, like that. My mom and stepdad met on a blind date that way. Really? They're married friends. Got them together. I would love it if a married friend would set me up Back with someone. Sarah. I would love it if ago. a married friend would set me up yeah, with someone. Yeah, so would every single guy I know, which is you and one other. I was going to say, there's not and a giant pool of <laughs> You both are like, set me up with someone. I'm like, I would if I knew a single girl. That's the problem. There is an app that I was looking at called Waiter, mm-hmm. like Wait. Uh, Waiter offers you three profiles per day to meet depending on your attractions, and you can only choose one in order to uh, match with that choose person. That wisely. person must also choose with you, but they don't get the same number in the same day. They might get it later in the week. So mm. it's like you select someone, then you don't find out for like a week or whatever. So I it's like. That- very annoying their claim is that it pumps the brakes on things it lets you kind of ease into it i I don't know it's gotten very good reviews Hmm. there's another one and i can't think of the name of it right now i would be very annoyed but there's one i've read about that and i don't actually kind of like this one it almost rewards you for responding to people and actually like it'll track how many times you like video chat in the app and respond And it'll give you better matches based on how active you are. I know. It's just like Black Mirror. It's like a social. Oh, is that? Oh, it kind of is. Yeah, like a social score. that's what China's doing now. And so there is a, and I can't think of what it's called right now, but it's gotten, again, in my research, because apparently that's a totally, thankfully a normal thing to do. I now know, is research these things. Uh, People say it works. But also the funny thing too, Sarah, is when you're reading reviews of these, it's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are 22 and 24 and 25, not a lot of Mm 35-year-olds giving dating app reviews. Hmm. Another couple years, Sarah, it'll it'll be time for our time. I'll get on our time. Oh, is that the older one? That's the one for senior. The senior (laughs) tour. Uh, hey, you could do well as a young R timer. I could, I could potentially. I'm not rooting yeah. for it, but cougar. Okay, so 
these tropes slash elements, I mean, they're like classic. Oh, yeah. They hit so, so many of classic. them. I mean, they meet at a coffee cart and she orders a they pumpkin spice did. latte. And he calls her out for this pumpkin spice latte. And I'm like, that's just like, just, you're just running right in the ruts that have already been created yeah. by a thousand other but, conversations. But, but we've seen movies that take these tropes and they play with them creatively. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the, the Rebel Wilson movie, it, mm-hmm. isn't it romantic? Like, yeah. That was making fun of the tropes. And I still feel like they did the tropes more Justice. creatively, yeah. more creatively than this movie. Yeah. You know? And you no, know that's a ripoff, right? Doesn't have any pumpkin in it. Like, yeah, I've had that conversation about five million times. Uh, I've heard that conversation on the fucking morning news. But it was definitely a meat cute. It was a traditional meat cute. <laughs> There's no. There's a John Oliver sketch about that when he's like, "It's pumpkin spice latte season again." You know what that is? And then a graphic comes up with this guy his letters and huge fire. That's like pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> and then you like you have a newscaster being like. I don't really like those pumpkin spice lattes. And then he's like, they're amazing. Shut up. (laughs) And it's like, just let me have my pumpkin spice. That's all I have in 2020. He's like, you're right, Sharon. It's awesome. (laughs) So pumpkin spice has, is like so well worn as like a anything. Yeah. Like, come on, call her out on a pumpkin spice latte. That's like being like, I don't even know. I can't, I'm trying to think of like an eighties trope. Like, some sort of wax on, wax off metaphor for Karate Kid. It's like, we fucking get it. It's the where's the beef of meat cutes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right, so we have a good meat cute. Well, we have, we a, have a traditional a very meat traditional, cute. Traditional meat cute. Right in the... By the books, yeah, by the numbers. Absolutely. Meat cute. We have a pretty straightforward why they can't be together. She's, She's his, his lawyer. lawyer. This movie... I think could have very easily just have been called uh, I'm in love with my lawyer <laughs> and not have missed a beat. <laughs> yes. Mean, that's something, again, a Hallmark um. movie could be, would be called and yet this movie could be called it and it would have felt appropriate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'd be like, why didn't they give it a better name? I don't think it's all that um, surprising that the last three movies Rachel Lee Cook has been in are Hallmark movies. You know what? Like she, you said, she said. Mm-hmm. Fine. She knows what she. Man, putting. I put went food to cut. On the table. I've already been thinking about cutting my hair, and now looking at her hair makes me really want to cut my hair. Do you want to go like that short? You've done yeah. that before. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But it's just curling it is so much fucking upkeep. I need like to figure out my natural wave because she clearly has it done, which is also another like hallmark thing to have just like the most perfect hair all the time. Even as a guy that knows nothing about hair, watching her in her courtroom scenes, Mm. I did think to myself like, would she really have gotten that done up always? (laughs) Like it stood out to me, but she looked fantastic. Oh yeah. She's amazing. She looks great. You could see her shapewear under that very tight burgundy dress she was wearing in the court. Could you? Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's like just as typical. Everyone wears shapewear now. Yeah. So it's not that big a deal. No, it's not. It's the modern day corset. Is it? Yes. No, I didn't know that. Yay. Wasn't she the first? Yeah, the lady that started that was the first self-made female billionaire. Sarah Blakely. Billionaire, right? Mm -hmm, Billionaire. Nice. Yeah, Spanx. She's fucking rocking it. And I own three pairs, so it works. Nice. I mean, 
the the system works. I don't wear them very much, the but I still s- bought three pairs. I adhere to the system. <laughs> well, I bought into it. <laughs> I don't really adhere to it very often. But. Okay, what other tropes do? What other tropes are on our list, and how can we? Um, how did this movie abuse them? There to death? is no secondary love story. Well, I mean, maybe her sister and her husband a little bit. The baby. I mean, there's a baby. But that's more of just know. like an isolation versus family kind of dynamic. Like, look how even more isolated yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, the soundtrack is just Tiffany. The soundtrack is Tiffany, and there's I forget what the song is, but there's one other song with words, and everything else is just there's background two music. other songs because the one song that came on at the end. Because I was watching it with captions, because June was loudly listening to YouTube Kids on my lap, um, was it was by God damn it. So the, there's not a lengthy soundtrack, but I will give it credit. The Tiffany song was the perfect one, mm. and there actually is an article if you look uh, look it up on refinery29.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, good luck getting Tiffany out of your head of your head after watching Netflix love guaranteed and like half of the article is just about how the song fits in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I will give it, man, that juxtaposition of her crying. Yeah. To, I feel like that that is a trope we see. <laughs> a, I feel like we've seen sometimes like a, or a decent amount of a juxtaposition of a sad moment and a happy song in a mm-hmm. rom-com. So I, I don't know that that's like one that happens a ton, but it's like they hit one that I like mm-hmm. there. It did have a... So the soundtrack wasn't like... It was important for one song. But other than that, it was just like background noises and stuff. Yeah. Uh, We did have a montage that I did not care for very much. It has her like alone and then holding the baby and putting the baby to bed and Mm -hmm. sitting out the window staring alone and like just doing things by herself and then with her her sister and looking forlorn and like Mm -hmm. lonely. It's just like I like oh, the lonely montage. Well, I, yeah, the lonely montage. Mm. I like my montages and these to be upbeat or like bringing them together, not like a sad, lonely, forlorn montage. Well, so it did have I feel a like montage. that's very typical, though, to establish like the sadness of the movie. But what really annoyed me is that she could have fixed that with a phone call <laughs> and been like, "We can't be together because you'll lose your case." Yeah, like just being forthright. And it really annoyed me. And of course he figured it out, but it's like, come on. And I don't know. There was there was a little bit of slow-mo. I don't know if there was slow-mo in the montage. There was a weird part of slow-mo that was unintentional. And I think it was when she was getting, getting out, of out of the car, car at the courthouse. Yeah. And I think they just... Did they not mean to do that? I think they must have just had a bad like cut or something, and they had to slow it down. Good. I'm glad you caught that, too, because yeah. it was super awkward. Weird. Wonderful. Yeah. Unintentional <laughs> slow-mo was in this movie. Yeah. Sassy side friends were, I guess, her... They're there, but they're not good. I mean, they're not good sassy no, side friends, not. but they're there. And I don't think they provide any like real guidance no they don't at all they don't they just provide commentary they hit a checkbox yeah i mean you know the guy's hair bothers me that style of hair where it's like real tight on the sides and curly like an (laughs) animal on your head i just don't it's just not my cup of tea (laughs) and i wanted to let you know that okay well thank you you're welcome i appreciate i won't be getting that haircut good don't worry i think it would look very odd on you (laughs) i agree uh, the location is another classic rom com location. Or Seattle. Seattle. Yes. I almost said San Francisco, but yeah, Seattle. Yes. 
Do you, does she have to take a fairy? Or is it just, there's just a fairy I think they just had a shot of a fairy. Okay. She doesn't have, has to cross a bridge, though. She's in, like, some part that's, like, small and But cutesy. that even makes the movie make less sense for her. Because Seattle has one of the highest costs of living in the U.S., mm-hmm. and yet no one in her office seems concerned about the fact that they're making no money. But they have a yeah. storefront and all in, of this. On like Jackson fronted. Street, wherever yeah. that is. And it's only her. Yeah. Like... What? And that's a pretty big space. I, yeah. I don't I don't know. It, and it, but it had to be something with it being like a tech company. I guess it had to be something in like the Northwest. Yeah. You know, I, I just keep comparing this to Hallmark movies and the fact that they probably shot it in Vancouver. I think one of the reasons that Hallmark movies are so Christmas themed is because Christmas lets you suspend your disbelief even more. Mm-hmm. And this almost felt like that. Like, it doesn't matter that the office is huge. It doesn't matter that blah, blah, blah. Because this guy that just came in here is actually secretly Santa. Like, it's very, like, you're already having to believe a bunch of crazy stuff. It makes more sense at Christmas, you know? And I think that's where, like, Hallmark's bread and butter is. And fall is also a very rom-com-y time. But it just, I don't know. It didn't play well here. I think you're i think you're right, first off, about suspension of disbelief and being around Christmas. When you said it's like a Hallmark movie. So, mm-hmm. Oh, you mean filmed in Vancouver? I did just look up. It was filmed in Vancouver? This was mostly filmed in Vancouver, yes. Oh. So there you go. So that may have also helped. I thought those Hallmark it. movies were filmed in... Um, Alberta or somewhere like even more central and north. It says the majority of Hallmark movies are filmed in Canada and typically are set in larger cities near Vancouver. Yeah, okay. But a few filming locations are in tiny towns in the U.S. as well. There's one where there's a gazebo that they use in every fucking movie. And it's like known as like... The Hallmark gazebo? Yeah, the gazebo. That's incredibly funny. I don't know. What is the moment of truth in this movie? Maybe that's why I don't like it. There's no real heart. I think it's heart. when he talks to his ex on the stand. And she says what I said. There are no guarantees in love. Mm. And that's the whole... That is the thesis of this movie. That you can't... You have to take a leap of faith. Mm. You know? And she, he says, what if I get hurt again? And she says... There are no guarantees in love, which we've heard that before plenty. That's mm. often a thesis of a rom-com. I don't know. It somehow comes off stilted in this. I get what they're trying to do. It's like he's trying to get the information to move on from the girl who broke his heart. Yeah. But it just, it they come off as strangers. And we don't, as an audience, understand their relationship. And it just is like, okay... Me watching it I, I didn't really stand out to me as the point of the movie. I mean, this, it just didn't grab me. I, I, I mean, it helps when you look up quote after quote after quote, because in those quotes, it's over and over again. It beats you over the head quite yes. a bit. But you don't realize it in what they're saying. And I don't know why that is, because I watched the whole movie and I wasn't even eating anything. You know, I'm like paying attention. And I didn't get it either until I started looking up quotes to pick one for the movie. And it's like, whatever the older guy who she helps at the beginning, mm. he says it. Uh, her sister says it. 
uh, his ex-fiance says it, then he says it to her. It's like... You're right. They do beat you over the head with yeah, it. Yeah, but I still somehow... So it's there. They hit the checkbox. Again, They hit this... This movie is hitting all of her checkboxes, yeah. but just, just bare, I mean, just enough to check it and then they move on to the next one. Hmm. Did we have any more in there? Is that pretty much it? What's the subgenre? Hallmark. Is it deceit? Is uh, it? Nah, I wouldn't call it deceit. Is it? I mean, is a home, can we make Hallmark a genre? More than friends? I wouldn't even call it a more than friends because they weren't really friends to begin with. Like a, a relationship didn't grow out of a friendship or s something awkward like that. They like just met and they're like, oh, we're working together a tiny bit. But now I find you attractive because I need a man or something. Yeah. I literally would just call this like a Hallmark. We don't even get like a dead father thing like they do in Hallmark movies. And Carrie mentioned this too. And she said... This rom-com is great if you just want a straight story because nothing bad happens in it. There's not even a sad backstory. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. Like, la, la, la. But then you realize how fluffy it is. There's no substance to it Because then whatsoever. there's no depth. Yeah. And it feels like a conceit in Hallmark movies every single time that her parents are gone or one of her parents is gone or whatever. And there's always a sadness. Mm. But what... Carrie does really well is in her books she always has something that gives the character a sadness but also an anchor which provides that depth and I think Nora Ephron does that really well too yeah. because it makes you like it feels real and Hallmark movies do it shitty because it feels conceited and this movie doesn't do it all it's just like Floating on the surface, not going to get too low, not going to worry about it. The worst thing that happened is that he had an injury that caused him to become a physical therapist. That we didn't even remember. And she's having trouble paying her rent. Like those are literally the stakes. as bad as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can't even call this a Hallmark movie because it doesn't have, like you said, a death or something in it. <laughs> yeah. The driver of it is not there. So it's not even a Hallmark I don't even know if this would be a subgenre. She mentions just... really briefly she had a boyfriend in law school. And that's like it. Maybe vanilla. Maybe a vanilla rom com. It's yeah. just a paint, but paint by num paint by numbers rom com. I guess because yeah. it does. It just hits all the the check boxes, but it doesn't do any of them well. Mm -hmm. I don't do know. they I, have chemistry? I didn't think or so. Or is Damon Wayans just likable? No, I think he's just incredibly charming. Yeah. At no point did I feel like they were actually dating. Mm. Like. I like I did not want to go to dinner with them together. I just wanted to hang out with him or her separately. It's like she comes off as neurotic and and also totally unknowable at the same time. Like I wouldn't say she's necessarily a shallow person. I just feel like I don't know her. I mean, again, you're just describing a poorly written character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that that is what the real answer to this is, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Physical comedy, cameos. I mean, in a way, Heather, I don't know, Heather Graham's the closest we get to a cameo, but she's actually just in it. Yeah, she's yeah. in it. Uh, no, no cameos. 
I can't think of any physical comedy. There's no uh-uh. like pratfalls or anything like that. I guess it doesn't There's hit no those. no beating anyone up. No. There's no running into something weird. No. She's not even particularly klutzy. I guess the only real physical comedy would be the shtick with her car door. Yeah. And she's always taking the handle That's off. That's true. What is that car? That is a Carmen Ghia. It's a Volkswagen. Okay. Um, they are not terribly expensive. You can get a cherried out one for like 14, 15 grand. Hmm. Like pretty decent shape. It's They're, a cute little car. It is. Yeah. There's a couple that drive around this area. Area. Mm-hmm. you'll see every once in a while that are done really well they're like not crazy rare but they're just weird to see because hmm. they are usually beat to fuck when you see them <laughs> so yeah. okay i feel silly even asking this part but we do it at on every episode like okay is it a rom-com one to ten i mean a hundred percent it's a rom-com yeah there's nothing that else that it could be even remotely. But would you show an alien this this movie as a defining uh, beacon of the genre? Like, does it hit? I mean, honestly, probably. Okay, so are you like, calling this movie a 10? No, I would probably call it like a nine. That's where I'm at. I was I was a nine because for me to go from a nine to a 10, it's not just hitting the marks. It's do you do it? in a way that feels genuine and sincere. Like, does the movie have heart? Because that's like, yeah. The, yeah, and this movie has no heart, but it hits every mm-hmm. checkbox. Yeah. But it's funnish. I think Except the, it doesn't have a great soundtrack. It has the one song. It has the one song, but the one song is really it's good. Very good. I mean, yeah. it's used very well but in at, it. Like, it, yeah, almost every other thing is checked on it. Other than it being and having heart and being... It's not unenjoyable mm-hmm. it's like oh god what's the best way to describe this it's like the pork rinds of romantic comedy like you can eat it but there's no real substance there it's I would just say marshmallow. empty calories yeah. okay marshmallow then i guess that makes yeah. more sense than pork rinds yeah so I mean, we'll both. go we'll go marshmallow <laughs> it's empty calories yes. but it's not bad i mean check it out if you got nothing to do i would right. say if you're on netflix flicking though like if you have covid if you have covid and you're sitting around and you've already watched to all the boys i've loved before one mm-hmm. and two or oh, shit, what was the Too other long one? Fu. thanks the, for everything julie anyway i just watched holy <laughs> shit i watched that almost a year ago and i was about to say i just watched it mm. recently it's such a good that's movie. what it feels like the person I watched it with had never seen it. And I, I was like, okay, we're watching this immediately. It's like the 25th anniversary, 30th yeah. anniversary of it. They wouldn't let me talk during it once it started. Oh, because they were that good. Lock, they, no, they were that locked into it. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm on board you with that. You can't not talk. I mean, yeah, John Leguizamo in that. Oh, and uh, uh, Nagzima uh, something. Wesley Snipes' mm-hmm. character. Not, well, either way. Now we're going to start talking about Tawang Fu instead, because that movie has heart. Um, yes, it does. Okay. But it's not a rom-com. That's all I really um, But I would show an alien because, like, hey, alien, this is a rom-com. It's not very interesting, but this is what they're all about. It's just that there are better ones. Yeah. Okay. I'd be, yeah. So this is, we both go with like, this is a nine. It's a rom-com. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it has no heart. Yeah. But okay. Well, Damon that's all. Damon Wayans' little heart. That's all I really had, right? Yeah. You have any, why not, we both 
That's all we That's have. That's it. Sarah, where does someone look on Instagram if they want to see photos <laughs> of... I mean, you probably of should... Justin and Dave shirtless. You, you should probably also post one of the photos from your daughter's photo shoot with me tonight because there's... <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a... Of me holding the tiny tugboat yeah. thing or staring at the plant leaf. Oh, okay. You have my consent to post that. Okay, Sarah. good. You have my full consent. <laughs> well, you can see that at... <laughs> Romcom com dot com on Instagram or Facebook romcomcom.com and you can email us through the website romcomcom.com or romcomcom dot com at gmail.com lots of ways to say hello and see me shirtless That's or right. staring at a tugboat or a and then uh, also if you like our theme song the intro and outro is love off the album the keys to cat heaven by this is my suitcase mm-hmm. so uh yeah check that out and uh yeah well i had fun sarah i did too cool beans. <laughs> bye No, in mine, he literally has a monkey as a pet. It's so funny. That could be the turn. Yes.